0: Thanks for joining us for David's stories and songs, uh, our newest installment in Thursday night programming, where uh, we take time to look in a little bit deeper into the deities of our devotion, learn a little bit about their stories. um, Also take time to even translate the chants that we're going to be doing and then put it all into action with a little bit of Kirtan and then meditation. And so, um, tonight's presentation is coming to us live uh from tomorrow morning in india with chaitanya how's it going chaitanya what's the day like tomorrow what can we look forward to
1: oh it's the glorious day of sunshine it's wonderful <laughs> it's beautiful it's perfect for the session here
0: <laughs> awesome well, the sun is coming back around for all of us. We're actually still in the sunshine here. Um, how wild is that? So, yeah. Uh, so, Chaitanya, I'm going to let you take it from here. He's going to do um, an introduction to our deity uh, focused for tonight, Shiva. We'll have some time for questions after the presentation, uh, which is to be expected, because some of this new information should be like interesting and fun. Uh, and then we'll we'll do some kirtan. So without further ado, Chaitanya, floor is yours. Thank you,
1: Satyam. So today uh, Satyam said we could talk about the different forms of Shiva. Um specifically, actually today we'll talk about Nataraja. Um but before that, just as an introduction to Shiva and to Nataraja and to the different forms of this deity, I thought I'd take a little quote from babaji's book spontaneous recognition on uh, shiva and the mantra our chaitanya mantra he says babaji on om Shivaya, which is our chaitanya mantra there are many kinds of mantras in our world this particular mantra was given to me by my teacher swami muktananda and is one that he has used for his own practice and his spiritual attainment so it is a living mantra it has tremendous power and the ability to give you a very deep level of inner experience. The more you use it, the more you work with it, the stronger the vibration becomes in you. You do not have to believe in it or accept it. All you need to do is to use it. So the mantra again is Om Namah Shivaya. a wonderful way to start the talk. Om Namah Shivaya but not Maharaj. In our practice, we are familiar with the different forms of universal consciousness that are represented as Shiva. Most commonly, Shiva is represented as the yogi that is seated, absorbed in meditation. That's the figure, that's the statue that we see almost all the time. There are other forms of Shiva, representing different symbolic aspects of that universal consciousness. For example, Shiva as Tupurantaka, the one who destroys and transcends the three cities is a fairly common form of Shiva worshiped as a deity. The three cities could be the manifestations of the three things that we encounter in our practice. It could be the three doshas in Ayurveda, for example, The vata, pitta, and kapha. It could be the three gunas or aspects of our nature sattva, rajas, tamo, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak. Or (laughs) I don't know how else to translate that. It just came to my mind. Or such other aspects of, you know, that, that happen to manifest in trees. For example, our consciousness, our thought. We I have these three states of waking, dreaming, sleeping. The Shiva, in this aspect of Tripurantaka, sees through, pierces, and transcends the manifestations of this universe, of this world in the trees. Another common representation of Shiva would be that of the half-male, half-female form, Ardhanarishwara. Ardha is half, Nara, and Ishwara, as half-male and female. This is more common with texts and pictures in uh, the traditions, but is not as commonly seen in images or um, statues on the altar. It's not worshiped as much, but depicted more. Another powerful representation of Shiva in the Southern Shiva tradition mostly is that of Dakshina mostly. Dakshina is South. Murti is facing the the faith. He's the south-facing teacher. And it's very considered very powerful, very evocative for southern Shaivites. If you've heard of Ramana Maharishi, who was a saint in South India, I don't know how many of you have, he's considered to be the embodiment of Dakshinamurti Shiva. So there are many such forms of Shiva that we appeal to through this chaitanya mantra that we have om namah shivaya that babaji talked about among all of these the one that we are focused on today is nataraja nata and raja nata is drama movement dance raja is king so nataraja is the lord of the dance and it's not just any dance it's the cosmic dance nataraja is an understanding of Shiva as the the, the dynamic moving principle of the cosmos. Anything that's dynamic, anything that's evolving, is represented as an Ataraja. And we try to understand the cosmos through that, the universe. The cosmic dance that we see, that we experience, is embodied by him and is called the Tandavam. There are two main types of these dances, the Tandava. There is the Rudra Tandava, which is the destructive type of dance. And then there is also the Ananda Tandava, which is the blissful dance in complete ecstasy and bliss. This Ananda Tandava is also referred to as Lasya. There's lots of commentary in texts and Many sayings by the mystics and realized souls who have defined more types of Tandava with symbolisms and meanings that are um, known to the adepts and to the initiates in specific traditions. So the Tandava is a practice in its own right. In fact, in India, the Tandavam is considered one of the performing arts, one of the dance forms that are performed on stage by trained classical dancers the tandava itself is an energetic masculine performance while the lasya or the ananda tandava is the exact opposite of that it's a more graceful more feminine appealing form of the dance so it is a living alive dance tradition in india and performed on stage as well the tandavam Nataraja, as we see Nataraja on our altar, is immediately recognizable as the Shiva that is dancing in wild abandon, in absolute joy, to the point where you can see his locks of dreadlocks flying out and kissing the circle of fire all around him. That's the image that you see on the altar. Very dynamic statue that arrests that your attention, you can't miss it. <laughs> His body seems to have been frozen in a moment from those wild gyrations and dancing movements and captured as a potent um, radiation of energy. All that movement has been captured in that one instance where he is standing blissfully, quietly on the one leg, balancing on it in the stillness within this circle of movement of this cosmos. The face in the image is almost always blissful and tranquil and gazes softly outward by stark contrast. To me, it, it, it evokes the shambhavi mudra in our Kashmiri Shaiva tradition, the way the face is depicted in the Tandava, in the Nataraja statue. The dance itself is the representation in the statue is composed of um, five actions that are performed by Nataraja in the Tandava dance. And we all know what these five are and they're fairly commonly talked about in our traditions. It is the aspect of creation, the aspect of preservation, destruction. And there are two more. There is the action of um, Tirobhavana. Tirobhavana is concealment of the aspect of illusions and also Anugraha, the aspect of grace, of um, liberation. So there are five actions that Nataraja embodies, and these are represented by specific parts or you know, aspects of the statue.
2: So if you see the
1: statue of Shiva, of Nataraja doing the Tandava, you can see that typically there are more than two arms. The one that I'll talk about today has four arms, not four arms, but four arms. And each of those embody one of these aspects or actions that I just talked about of creation, preservation, destruction, of providing um, concealment and showering grace. The rare right hand of Shiva carries the Dhammaru. The Dhammaru is a drum. And this drum embodies the creative principle. You can conceive of it, the two faces of the drum, as the male and the female, and the vibrations of the damaru create the cosmos, the universe. You have to picture the statue as dynamic, as moving, as the damaru. It's the constant movement and constant chaos, constant regeneration that's happening in the cosmos. And in the left hand, the rear hand, he carries fire. This is the fire. This is the fire of transformation. It's not necessarily destruction, but destruction in order to transform, to regenerate, to to renew. So There is the creation aspect with the drum and the transformative aspect with the fire in the rear right hand, the rear left hand. Also, Shiva Nataraja has the front right hand that is put in the Abhaya Mudra which says, don't worry about this chaos. Don't worry about this transformation. Don't worry about this enormous thing called the cosmos that you're perceiving through your senses. It's all fine. Take refuge in me. This is the Abhaya mudra. And along with that in the right hand, the left hand goes across the body and droops down. This open palm symbolizes protection. The closed palm where you can hardly see the palm in most of these images symbolizes concealment and illusion, the nature of Maya, the nature of reality. And he says, as part of the symbolism, when you droop the hand down, he's pointing down to the raised left leg. And the raised left leg is offered in, little background here, (laughs) in the Indian tradition, the feet of the guru of of the divinity or the deity is considered the source of refuge. It is where Shakti emanates, and we reach for that both to humble ourselves and to pay our respects, and also to receive the blessings, the anugraha, the grace. So the raised left leg is not just a dance posture, but it's also indicative of the offered grace as a refuge from the illusion, from the Maya, the
2: protection creation
1: and destruction and rejuvenation. All this happening dynamically in this ring of fire, the cosmos. You can think of the fire as the fire of the stars, the sun, the exploding planets at the macro scale or even in the micro scale. All of it is embodied by this consciousness of Shiva, in the center. All of these are offered to us with a face almost always, gazing softly outwards tranquil saying there is the inner stillness within within all of this manifestations that you see which is what we're seeking which is what we're going to
2: so
1: in this aspect of the symbolisms The one prominent thing is that of the dance. Why is it that this representation is chosen dance? Why couldn't Shiva be sitting like he does in meditation? Or why couldn't he be just walking? Dance is a universal representation across many cultures, across many civilizations, across time, of dynamism, of change, of movement, which is the one thing that we all struggle to understand Come to terms with and transcend in our practices it is a very evocative symbol of what is around us externally and also internally in our minds there is a dance of thoughts it happens all the time it is never static much like you know our universe and much like the natural phenomena which are rhythmic and cyclical like the seasons dance also has a representation of coming in cycles in rhythms, right? So the universal consciousness in its dance is unaffected and tranquil in the midst of all of this, much like Nataraja's face. And that is what we're invited to experience as we perform our sadhana, as we use the mantra, as we do our meditation and try to separate from this dynamic movements all around of the thoughts, physically, and find that stillness within. The Nataraja is an evolution from the Southern Shaiva tradition, as I mentioned before. And one of the most popular places where you can find um, followers of Nataraja is in a place called Chidambaram. I thought I'd mention that towards the end because it's so symbolic. Um, Chidambaram is the name of the place. It's composed of two parts. The first part is chida or chit, it is consciousness. Ambara is sky. Chidambara is the sky of consciousness. The name of the place is the sky of consciousness. And chidambaram is a place in the sky of consciousness where the Nataraja dance of Tandava continues ceaselessly both metaphorically and physically as well. And it is really appropriate for me, I thought, when I think of the sky of consciousness to think of what Swami Nityananda had also talked about when he mentioned the sky of the heart. Our consciousness, the seat of our consciousness is right here in the heart. The sky of the heart, the sky of consciousness, the expanse of consciousness that we are invited to experience. There's a lot more I think I can say about Nataraja, but um, for this session, perhaps I can stop here and see if there are any questions or perhaps comments from um, everybody else.
2: Yeah, Should we open the floor or?
0: sounds good yeah if anyone has a question feel free to unmute just like in a regular class uh just put your hand up and go for it um chaitanya have you ever performed the Tandava dance <laughs>
1: um metaphorically speaking all the time even now yeah. but literally literally speaking uh not
0: really no, I'm just it, curious. And you said your wife's really proficient at it, right? She studied it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just, I'm curious. I'd love to maybe in a follow up session, I'd love to hear what the experience of doing it is like. And, you know, maybe I'm just curious, like what, if it feels like we would consider dancing or if it feels more like, um I don't know, like almost like yoga, you know, if it feels more like assuming postures. I don't, I have no idea.
1: Oh, um, the most common form of Tandavam is uh, is in the Bharatanatyam, the South Indian form of uh, classical dance, and it's typically a series of movements that culminate in a posture. So, for example, the, um, the posture that we see Shiva in is one of those postures, and it um, is labeled the um, if I remember this correct, bhujangatrasika posture. There are there are, in these dances there are 108 different what are called karanas. Karanas are actions or movements. One of those is this bhujangatrasika karana. Bhujanga, which you know from yoga, is cobra or snake. Trasika trasa is the fear of or be um, um attacked by or whatever so bhujangatrasika is where you recoil from a snake so in these dance movements if you see somebody doing the tandavam the left leg of shiva that you see up moves up in a sudden movement so as though there was a snake near the leg and the hmm. whole body moved to one side like this it almost feels like there's a snake there and the snake is our ego our ignorance manifestations yeah. of our difficulties in this world that the universal consciousness says a recoil from that i offer you protection come mm-hmm. so it's the bhujanga prashik so there are these different karanās i don't know how to translate karana except as a
2: mm-hmm.
1: as a small act that culminates in a posture much actually much like um, some of these the photos you take in um, these days where you get a little bit of context for the photograph, a little bit of movement in the beginning and the end, and then you get mm. the photograph. Much like that. The Bharatanatyam dance goes through a sequence of movements and then ends in these postures. It tells a story as you go through this dance. So, yes, there's a lot of movement. It is a little like yoga, but it's also far more vigorous than yoga. There's a lot of jumps and twirls. and Yeah. There's a
0: a story that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to see. Maybe we could do that. I'd (laughs) I'd love to practice (laughs) it. But anyway, I want to leave the floor open. Uh, I don't know if I saw another hand. Thank you, Chaitanya. Sure. Thank you. Well, honestly, we have a lot more to go with this class. So if there aren't any pressing questions, we can move into the chanting section but i just i don't want to make miss anybody okay i see some golf claps for that all right all right well chaitanya uh thank you so much would you mind taking a second to just tell us a little bit about the uh you you were going to translate these uh the words of tonight's chant for us they're right here on the screen for everybody ah yeah
1: it is about shiva what more needs to be said <laughs> it is Shiva. Shiva 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 all the way through. Shiva, the consciousness, the universal consciousness. Mahadeva, the grand and great divine a divinity, being. Shiva, Shiva, the great divinity. Namah. I prostrate, I offer my reverence, I salute. Shivaya the consciousness this universal consciousness the auspiciousness represented by this manifestation in the universe sada shiva sada is always shiva is auspicious or beneficial sada shiva 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 mahadeva the great god i prostrate i salute i offer my reverence to this consciousness that is always blissful always Om Namah Shivaya. This is the Chaitanya Mantra. We repeat that. Namah Shivaya. Namah Shivaya. Shiva Shiva. This universal consciousness. I repeat again and again. Shankara. Shankara is a word that can be split in several ways. I've seen it done. I'm not a Sanskrit scholar. But... (laughs) The little I know of Shankara says, sama-kara. Sama "Sama" is equal. Kara is one who does. Who makes all the disparities, all the um, ambiguities, all these changes equal in the world. He is Shankara. Shankara can also be thought of as um, the one who ...removes doubt. Shankha is doubt. And Kara is remove. And there are many other ways in which you can split... ...but it's a very powerful word. Shankara. Shiva Shiva Shankara. Om Namah Shivaya. There's the Chaitanya Mantra again. Jaya, victory. Hara Hara. The destroyer. Victory to the destroyer. And What does he destroy? This great being, Mahadeva, the great divinity, Shiva Shiva, Shankara, the great being that destroys inauspiciousness and renders everything auspicious, Shiva Shiva, Shankara again, the giver of bliss, the giver of the equality, of unity. Om
2: Namah Shiva. These are the thoughts that go through my mind as I look at this wonderful,
1: wonderful kitchen.
0: Thanks, Chaitanya. Um, and thanks, everyone, for being here. We're going to transition with all that depth into our experience of the chant. Uh, the words will be here on the screen, but I'm uh, looking around. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be this is a pretty simple one. Um, and we'll begin. to adjust your seat a little bit, um, feel free. We're gonna move into our meditation for tonight.
2: Tommy, if you wanna go ahead and unmute, you can leave us there. Is our audio coming through okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, can you hear me? My audio okay? I thought I was in mute. can you hear me everything's good we can hear you fine
1: so we can meditate for about 20 minutes i think
2: As we transition into the next part of the program, this session, gently close your eyes. Bring your attention on the inside, towards your heart. Very gently recede from the external world, not engage with any of the sounds, and look more towards the inner space. And we can use our breath as the cue to this movement inside. As Babaji had said many times in satsang, we draw our attention inside into our hearts with the inhalation and let it expand there Mm -hmm. and keep it there as the breath naturally finds its way out. Your breathing may seem a little ragged in the beginning, a little uneven. Don't worry about that. Follow the breath in and let go of any of the thoughts, any of the distractions that may be created, that may. Let them float out with the exhalation. There may be many things distracting you that appeal to your senses. That you may hear, that you may feel, that you may think, that you may visualize. You should let them all gently do not engage with them this is part of the inner movements and dance of the cosmos that is reflected inside it follow the breath The end point of the inhalation, the stillness there, represented by Nataraja, the Shiva caught in the stillness, creation, destruction, and all these acts. at the moment ago. If you get distracted, if you find your mind, and your attention wandering with the thought, simply let it go, it is a natural tendency. Bring the attention gently back to the heart. And with the exhalation, stay in there, deeply. Go deeper to the stillness. The space, the pause between the inhalation and the exhalation. There is no need to alter the breath. Experience them and release, render. As you meditate, some of you may feel a movement, a shadow of a movement under the breath, perhaps in the stillness, perhaps more strongly. In the spine or in the forehead in the top. Let these movements happen Retain the focus on the breath, and to stay inside in the subserv. Watch the movements you see if you feel, and if you don't, that's perfectly okay. Can you dive deeper with each in hand? and watch the stillness expand.
0: Uh, say thank you so much, Chaitanya, and thank you, everyone, for being a part of this class. Namaste. So grateful for Babaji's vision to bring this class to us and uh, for Chaitanya's hard work making it uh, sort of fleshing it out so look forward to seeing our next installment in about a month or five weeks and um, just a couple of quick things to mention Um, we've got uh, next week Big Yana Bhairava here on Thursday following that the creative consciousness writing class Um, Fourth of July intensives coming up. And I can't help but plug this. Right after the Fourth of July intensive, we're actually doing a yoga teacher training that is based on a lot of the concepts we're talking about tonight. It's called Dance of Shakti. It's it's an upper level training, but it's for everyone. And it's a way of exploring this um, sort of cosmic rhythm um, uh, and bringing more creative energy to our yoga practice. So if you've been looking to like revitalize your practice, we're gonna be doing it in person at Shoshone. Uh, After the 4th of July intensive so hope to see you there and thanks again for being here namaste everyone